Welcome to Transformation Church Podcast. This week's message is about finding our inner circle. We'll talk about what it means to find godly community through relationships. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and get started. I love starting brand new series because I believe that each series is like a puzzle piece to our destiny if we're here at Transformation Church. I mean, if you can just think about um, how many people have been here for over a year, how many people have been at Transformation Church over a year, okay? Like, if y'all think back to some of the series that we've done and how they build on top of each other and like God's working in us and working through us, I think this is another game changer. And this series is called Inner Circle. Everybody say Inner Circle. And um, I debated a lot about what to do um, for this month of February, but for the next three weeks, as we're gathering around community and what that looks like, I really want to talk about our personal inner circle, like, like your inner circle. I want to talk about like the people who are around you that really know you, like not the Facebook you or the Instagram you. Not the enhanced you, not, not, not the perfect all the time you. I'm talking about the 4 a.m. you. Like, like when you mad you. Some of y'all don't, y'all don't, oh, not him. Oh, not her. Like, like I, I want, who knows you, who knows what you struggle with? Like, who knows in your life, who's in your life that has the sit down and shut up card? See, see, uh, uh, no, 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 I'm a grown woman. Hold on. Everybody has blind spots and needs people to speak things into their life even when they don't want to hear it. The question is, who do you have in your life that you can call when it's inconvenient for them? And you know that you still, they would want you to call them. And they would want to know, who is that in your life? And honestly, as I begin to think about it and I look and I pry and I ask people questions, most believers, most Christians do not have that. And as much as we sit up here and we talk about it and we can be around church and me and my husband and all this other stuff, do you have other marriages that you can be raw dog ugly with? You you know what I'm talking about. Like, I am mad at her. I am mad at him. These are the reasons. Will y'all pray for us now? Because I'm about to cut him and cuss him. <laughs> or, or is it, y'all know how you do when you get, you're arguing all the way up into your friend's house. Ding dong, they open the door. Oh, hey. <laughs> and we pick it right back up when we close the doors of the car. Come on, let's be honest. Who's in your inner circle? And that's the question I want to start this series because before the next, for the next three weeks, we're going to learn the value of having right relationships that will lead us towards purpose. Because some of you are in here, it's like, no, no, Pastor I'm like, I got my clit. I got my dogs. I got my girls, my besties. Like, that's how we do. But, but I'm not talking about people who have the same interest as you. I'm talking about people who will point you towards the interest of Christ. 
See, because we'll get it with people around makeup and fashion and games and, and whatever else we like. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then when it comes to moral compass, when it comes to us making the right decision, when it comes to us deciding whether we're going to, to stay in a relationship or not, a lot of times people will give you advice based on their feelings and not based on their faith. Oh, come on. Y'all all got that friend that if you ready to ride or die, you don't even have no questions. They going to do whatever you doing. We going to say he broke up with me, Susie. We're going to slash his tires. She's going. She ain't going to say turn the other cheek. She's going to say, where my knife? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, and some of y'all are those friends. Some of y'all are like, yep, yep, yep. Just call it, let him do it. Like, okay. And, and, and what, what I'm saying to you is. But just because they would be down for wherever you are emotionally, that means sometimes that they're down for delaying your purpose too. Like they'll let you stay in a relationship and never say anything to you when God showed them that was a wrong person. You won't even say it to them. Like you want, oh, well, I don't want her to do the same thing to me. Well, then y'all really aren't in each other's inner circle. Like, 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 well, I would never want anybody. You, you, you really don't care. The Bible tells us that better are cuts or are slashes from a friend than kisses from an enemy. And for some reason, as believers, we would rather kisses from, from people who don't even know us than the truth in love. Everybody got that? The truth in love. Because some of you, I'm just telling it how it is. You're mean. That, that's what you are. Okay? The truth in love so that people can be able to move. And this is what I'm convinced of, is everybody needs a real inner circle. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs godly community. I want you to write the word inner circle, and then I want you to put equals godly community. So, so that you can understand that this is what God wants for every one of us. And, and, and this is really why the passion of this has come in my heart, is because the goal for every person should be to reach purpose. Like, why are you here? Like that thing that God placed you here for, you need to reach purpose. You need to do God's will for your life. And, and a lot of people don't realize that there are some ingredients to getting God's will done in your life. And today I want to share that with you. Go to Hebrews 13, 20. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. And this is my prayer for everybody through this series as we lay the foundation today. It says, may, now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead, our Lord Jesus and the great shepherd of all the sheep and, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. All that's saying is now God is really big and really strong. He even raised Jesus from the dead. This is the man. He says, this is where I want you to focus in. Verse 21. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. Like, like that's why we come to church is so that God can equip you with all you need to do his will or to complete purpose or to, to finish the reason that you came here. And I want to throw something out that I want to do a whole nother sermon series on, but somebody just needs to hear this. Jesus never reached his potential. Jesus finished his calling. And, and, and I want everybody to hear me say this very clearly is because if we do not get into purpose, we will be ran around trying to fulfill our potential. See, see, a lot of us are, are here like, well, I have this in me and I have this in me and I have this in me and I have this in me. And yes, God gave you all of that. But why did he give it to you? 
What are you supposed to do with it? And, and I've been told all my life, you, you, need to, you need to get that potential out of you. Th th this needs to, you, you need to reach your potential. But if I look at the example of Jesus, he could have done anything. I mean, he could have been the Caesar. He, he could have been a Roman shoulder. He could have done anything. But when he climbed up on that cross and said, it is finished, everybody was like, what is finished? Rome's still in power. Your disciples have all left you. It, this looks bad. He wasn't finished with what he could have done. He was finished with what he was supposed to do. Oh, y'all didn't come today to hear nothing. And so that's why the enemy tries to get us caught up in potential. I could be a business owner and then I could, I could run for mayor and then I, I could do a crafting business and then I can blog and vlog and, and I can do all of these different things. But the question is, what did God call you to do? Because busy people can die never reaching purpose. And, and for our church, that's not going to be the case. We're going to have keys that help us be able to reach purpose. And I believe godly community is one of those keys. And I'm going to explain it to you in, in, in the um, sermon today. Um, God said, I want to equip you with all you need to reach purpose. So, so this is going to be very simple and very elementary, but I feel like it's going to be very powerful for you to see. Let me introduce you to the circle of purpose. Th this right here, as I begin to think about what do you need to reach purpose? Like, what do I need to make sure I reach purpose? Well, me, I go start studying people that have reached purpose and I go study um, um, secular people who reach purpose. And then I study biblical people who reach purpose because I always want to know, like, what's the difference? How do you do it? And this is one thing that I found out that a lot of times when people are disconnected to God, you don't know if they reach purpose. Success and purpose aren't the same thing. And see, this is, this is where we get, we think money or accolades or fame or, or the ability to do something that nobody else can do is purpose. No, that's something that maybe you contrived or you were good at or something happened at the right time in the right place and all that other stuff. And God's still looking at you saying, you're, you're completely out of what I called you to do. This is why we have to divorce American culture and pick up kingdom culture. And I know this is uncomfortable for somebody, but, but that's why he told the rich young ruler, go sell everything that you have and come follow me. And we never hear from him again because according to culture, he had everything. But according to God, he says, if you keep your life, you will lose it. But if you give it up for me, you'll actually find it. Everything in the kingdom of God is upside down. And I know some of you who watch some of these people who are this big and all this other stuff. God says, that doesn't matter to me. Your heart matters to me. If I can get your heart to be open to do anything that I say, I can give you that stuff. But when I give you that stuff and your heart is tainted by it, then I lose you. And so what God's saying is I want you to reap pur purpose, but I want you to do it in my will. So when I think about the circle of purpose, like how I'm going to reach purpose, I found that there's four things there may be more, but there's four things in, in, in biblical people reaching poor purpose that everybody has. And I want to talk about them. The first thing they have is a relationship with God. And, and we need an active relationship with God. Every person needs it. Look what the Bible says in John 14, 6. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. What he's saying is you can do good things without God, but you can't do God's will without God. 
I need you, I'm going to say that again because that was good. You can do good things without God, but you can't do God's will without God. And a lot of people, we, we, we mesh them together like, man, look how many, how much meals they raise for the homeless and look, look, look at how they're impacting that community and look at how they're doing. You can do good things without God. People are doing good things all the time, but I promise you they're not doing God's specific will for their life because if he's out of the equation, he cannot be the center of what's happening. And so what I'm telling everybody in this place is that for you to complete the circle of purpose in your life, you need an active. Everybody say active. active. Sundays to Sundays is not an active relationship with God. Like, like I, know, I know, I know. It's like, but I'm coming to church, Pastor Mike. My job as your spiritual tour guide is to help you get the most out of this journey that you can. And what I'm telling you is if you've just started coming to church and you've been faithful with that, let's go. Because this is about progression and not perfection. But some of us need to take another step. Like you've been doing this for too long. You spend hours on YouTube watching things that have nothing to do with your purpose, watching people that will never speak into your life, watching funny videos or doing all these other things that don't add to you, but actually are taking the only commodity that we never get back, which is time. Like it's robbing you of time. And and what I'm saying is if you get an active relationship with God, a true devotion life, and I'm not talking about an hour and a half every morning or everything. I'm saying whatever you can start with, but you're going to do it daily. I, we have this thing called the thirsty 30, where it's 10 minutes of reading the word, 10 minutes of prayer, 10 minutes of worship. And I'm telling you, if you just committed to the thirsty 30 every day for this year, just, just, I'm thirsty for you, God. Like as a deer panteth, I, I need to drink from you. And, and every day I'm not going to get a revelation, but I'm committing to thirsty 30. I'm committing to 30 minutes. That's less than most of the shows you watch. That's, that's less than the time we can be on hold for, for uh, Uber Eats or do you understand what I'm saying? Like it's less than the time. I'm asking you to commit to that because if you're going to reach purpose, and God's will for your life, you have to have an active relationship with God. The second thing that you're going to need is you're going to need to discover and cultivate your gifts. Like anybody that has ever reached purpose, they were able to identify and start working on the specific gifts God has given them. And some of you are saying like, Pastor Mike, you know, I don't really have no gifts. Yes, you do. I promise you, you do. And I'll prove it to you in the word. Let's go to Romans 12, 6. It says, in God's grace, he has given us different gifts, watch this, for doing certain things well. What are those certain things you do well? Don't be deep right now. Like, oh, yes, I prophesy and I see into the... Stop! Some of you organize well. You, you have a better tendency to be more organized than other people. That's a gift. Some of us talk well. So it's my gift and it's my job to cultivate and develop. And this is the thing. Many times we get so caught up in a profession instead of purpose that we think that our gifts are our profession. And we can't even see what God has gifted us with. Some of you are just gifted at giving. If you have three of something, your natural inclination is to give two of them away. 
That's a gift. Read in the Bible about all the gifts. And I just want us to start valuing what maybe we have put to the side because it's something God placed in us, but we're judging it in an undeveloped state. And what God is saying is stop judging your gifts in an undeveloped state. Start cultivating those things so they can become what he called them to become. I could stay there all day, but I got to get to the missing link today. So you got to have a relationship with God. You got to discover and cultivate your gifts. Let me give you the third one. You have to answer the calling of God. Now, I'm going to explain this because I was confused on this for a very long time. I, I had a relationship with God. I knew I had some gifts, but I didn't answer the calling. And the calling is the intentional use of our specific gifts to impact the kingdom. So, so what I'm saying to you is that no matter what realm God calls you to, governmental, education, sports and entertainment, God has given each of you a calling to make kingdom impact with your gift. See, a lot of people is like, well, my gifts aren't in church. They don't got to be. If you're in the workout arena, kill that. But God has given you a calling to turn what your gift is into something that impacts the kingdom. And this is where most believers get messed up is because once they find their gifts, this is where money comes and this is where people start knowing them and they never answer the call. But if you're going to reach purpose for your life, you cannot just be gifted and figure that out and, and, and do something. But you got to turn that gift and answer the call. Let me give you a practical example. I've always been able to talk like I could talk from the time I got whoopings for talking. I got in trouble for talking. I could talk my way out of something. I've always that was my gift. My gift was talking. But it wasn't until I said yes to the calling of God because I could be a radio host right now. Like I, I could be a sports announcer right now. I could, I could read audiobooks for people and just keep my purpose in the column of gifts. But what I did is when God took me out of the music industry and said, I want to call you to speak to my people. I want to call you to represent. I had an option to say yes or no. And most believers, when it comes right here, God, I'm not ready for that. God, I've not been trained for that. God, it's too late for me. I'm so old, I can't even do that. And God said, if you would just say yes to, to the call I've placed on y'all. Some of y'all, there are books in you that you said, well, I've never written before. He didn't ask you that. <laughs> See, because the beautiful thing about God is he doesn't call people that are equipped. He equips people that answer the call. And so God's called you to start a Fortune 500 business. Well, I didn't go to business school. He didn't ask you all that. I'm trying to because the enemy comes to give us excuses of why we can't reach purpose and God's saying I did not ask you for your resume I asked you for your yes. Oh, somebody needs to hear that today God did not ask you for your resume when he called you. He said pick up the phone Say yes to me and if you're gonna reach purpose it was never, it's never about what you can do at this place with your gifting. It's just saying yes. And then God begins to mold you and make you and change your desires and, 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 and take off the rough edges. If y'all would have seen me as a pastor when I was a youth pastor, I was cussing. I, I, I would preach. <laughs> I, some of y'all was here. I say the N word. Y'all, I was rough. Y'all think I play all these white people like, oh my God. <laughs> Hear me. I, I was rough around the edges, but I said yes. 
And what God has done over time is he put me on the potter's wheel and he, uh-uh, you can't do that. You gotta, you, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, he kept molding me. And so what you see and what you eat of now, it's because I said yes to a calling a long time ago. And where I'll be five years from now, five months from now, and 50 years from now will be completely different because every day I'll wake up and say yes. So I'm asking you, if you're going to reach purpose, if you're going to get this circle of purpose, you got to have an active relationship with God. You have to discover and cultivate, take lessons, get around people who are better than you in your gifts. But then you have to say yes to the specific way God's going to use it to expand the kingdom. Not your kingdom, his kingdom. So now we get to this last one. After we get, a, okay, Pastor Mike, I got my relationship. I understand my gifts. Like I'm saying yes to the calling. What's this last one? And this, it gets real complicated. People try to make this real complicated. They say, man, I can reach my purpose if I have a revelation. So if I can get a revelation, ah, oh, God came to me in a dream last night and did, no, 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 no. You don't need a revelation. You don't need that. Well, Pastor Mike, what, what if I have the right networking? I, I, you know, I got to work the people who, who know me and I got to get on social media. I got to make a name for myself. That's how I'm going to reach purpose. You don't need networking. Well, Pastor Mike, what do I need? Because I got God. I got my gifts. I got my calling. I know what it is. I need ambition. Yeah, I need to, I need to, I'm going to show my family. I'm going to show everybody that I'm somebody. God says, you don't need that. So what, what do you need? I begin to go through every giant in the Bible. And this is the missing link for, for them and for all of us. And it's very simple. It's godly community. And some of you are like, no, it's not. <laughs> I, I, already see, I already see you. Like, no, it's not. I'll prove it to you. Three examples. L let's talk about Adam. The first man. Here we go. So Adam, we know he had a relationship with God. He was the first man. The, the Bible says that they walked in the cool of the day together. So, so, so God and Adam had a relationship. So this one's good, okay? Gifts. He had the gift of management. How do you figure that? He had to name every animal. Um, yeah, big, gray, hippopotamus. That's what you're going to be. Like, like he, had, he, had the, he had to manage. The, so he had gifts right here. So that's good. He had a calling. What was his calling? To subdue, dominate, and rule over the entire earth as well as reproduce or multiply. From Adam, everybody was. So he had a calling and he said yes to the calling. The first time after all of creation that God said it's not good was when he looked at Adam with his God, with his gifts, and with his calling, and he said it's not good for him to be alone. And so what did God do? Out of his side, he put him to sleep and he created godly community for him and her name was Eve. And God, I thank you for creating Eve because if you wouldn't have created Eve, I wouldn't have gotten Natalie. And Lord, is she a blessing? And I thank you. What I'm saying to you 
is the thing that allows the circle of purpose to be fulfilled in our lives. The missing link is godly community. That wasn't enough for some of y'all because some of y'all was like, ah, okay, Adam, okay, that's, nah. let's go to David because everybody like David, David and Goliath, the, the one who, who slew and killed. Okay, let's talk about it. His relationship with God. The Bible talks about him being a man after God's own heart. Even when he messed up, he would turn, he would repent. He would go from what he was doing. So he had a relationship with God. His gifts, David was like some of you, he had tons of gifts. I mean, he was a shepherd. He was, he was a warrior. He could play a mean guitar. He was a musician. He, he was an expert with a slingshot and a stone. He'll kill you. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? He, he had tons of gifts, but what did David do with his gifts? He didn't start a, a, a slingshot company. Because, I mean, after you killed Goliath, I mean, all I'm trying to do is start the first Amazon Prime. We'll have it to you in less than two days. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? I would have started a business off of that. But what did David do? He submitted his gifts to his calling. And what was his calling to be the king of Israel? Like, and he had to go through years of being persecuted. He had to go through years of being on the run. He had to go through years of people hating on him. So what are you saying, Pastor Mike? Somebody needs to hear this right now. Just because it's not working out doesn't mean that's what you're not called to. Like, just because you got opposition and haters doesn't mean God's saying no. He's saying, yeah, you got to go through that to build up the stamina to withhold the position that I've called you to because it's bigger and it all oh, come on and it's higher and, and it's more than what you thought. Opposition does not mean that you are supposed to detour. That's a whole nother. That's, that's something completely different. So, so he answered his calling. But the Bible talks about Jonathan and David, that he had godly community with the son of the person who was trying to take him out. Like, like, so what I want you to understand is the Bible, you can go read it later for yourself because there's so much there. It's like so much there. But, but when you start looking at David's life and you start looking at Jonathan, it says their hearts were knit together. It, it said they looked out for each other. L let, me, let me help you understand how much they looked out for each other. Jonathan was supposed to be the heir to the throne. He was the one that was supposed to be in the position that God called David to. And Jonathan was so in tuned that he recognized that he wasn't even the one for the position. Do you have people in your life who will say, this is what I'm supposed to step into, but you're the one God called to do it? The answer is no. Look, everybody just neck is stiff. Like, uh-uh, nope, uh-uh. <laughs> That's what Jonathan, Jonathan saved David's life several times. There's one specific instance where, where, where Jonathan um, and David, they were going to invite um, him to a party. And, and David was like, bro, I mean, Jonathan said, bro, don't come. My daddy crazy. He's trying to keep. Well, I don't know if he's trying to kill you. I'll let you know if he's trying to kill you. I, I'll, I'll do some things. I'll say, oh, ooh, and if I say, oh, ooh, that means get out of here, bro. <laughs> and this man put his life on the line for his friend so that he could reach his calling or his purpose. And ended up dying before his friend ever reached his calling. But it was because he had somebody in his inner circle who truly cared about him that he was even able to be the King David that we know about. See, 
He wasn't able to reach purpose until he completed with the missing link being godly community. One more person, because some of y'all still sitting there just looking at me. Let's go to our example. His name is Jesus. Now, if anybody could have done this thing without godly community, Jesus, I'm a son of God. Are you blind? <laughs> See, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like you lame arms, like, do you like, like the son of God? Okay. So, so we already know it's not like he had a relationship with God. He was God. So that one's taken care of. But I just want you to see how powerful this is. When they were sitting at the beginning before creation in Genesis, he said, he said um, they were already in community. This is how you know this is God's plan for us. The father looked at the son and the son looked at the Holy Spirit and said, let us. Oh, come on, y'all. Let us make man. Like, it wasn't just one person. They, it, they, they literally were in community at the beginning. So then when Jesus comes to earth, he said, I only do what I see my so, so now Jesus is God. Jesus gifts are everything. Like, I mean, come on. There is not water in the wine. They invited him to all the parties. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like he, he could do walking on water, like anything. But what was his calling to save the world, to die on the cross? And, and I mean, if it was me, because y'all know Jesus didn't want to do that. He was human. And so it means that every, every way out that a human would want, he wanted it too. He even asked, he said, is there, um, is there any other way? I mean, we can. And he said, but nevertheless, not my. See, I got gifts, but not my will. God, I, I can make money with this or I can do this or I can, I can but not my will. Your will what you called me to be done. And so if it was me and I knew I was going to the cross, as soon as I got released into ministry, I would have just walked straight up to the cross. I ain't about to delay this. <laughs> Y'all, come on, I'm about to die. Like, <laughs> if it was me, I would have gone straight up. Come on. I'm, I'm coming back in three days, don't worry. But he didn't. Why? Because he had to complete the circle of purpose. And so he chose godly community. Oh, y'all missed it. He chose it. He, he, he chose godly community. He literally was walking past people. Hey, bro, I like you. Follow me. Fisherman. Hey, follow me. Walk with me. Do life with me. Let's, let's walk together. Well, Jesus, I'm not perfect. Like, it don't matter. We're just going to walk together. We're going to do life together. We're going to struggle together. We're going we're gonna to eat together. We're going to pray together. We're going to go to worship together. We're going to celebrate together. We're going to fight together. I'm going to even wash your nasty feet. I'm going to get vulnerable before you. I'm going to let you see me in a place that nobody, the regular people could. I'm going to let you into my inner circle. And he decided, he chose to walk with people. 
And even out of the 12 disciples, see, because some of y'all don't even realize that God's plan, this is God's plan for all of us. He, he, he began to walk with these gentlemen, but he had three guys that he even let even deeper into his life. Peter, James, and John, they knew that Jesus had doo-doo streaks in his, in, in, his, uh, in his robe. Some of y'all are so offended right now. It's just like... Y'all know all of them things was cream, and so <laughs> Jesus passed gas. Y'all know that, right? That was holy flagellation. Do you understand what I'm saying? What, what I'm trying to paint the picture is God was really human in Jesus. Like, he had to use the restroom. He, he, he had to go to shower. He had to, and he allowed people to see him in his state of becoming. My question to you is who gets to see you while you're still becoming? See, see because, because if you're just showing everybody the finished product, nobody even knows if that's real. Like what y'all come and present to us, like y'all don't even know that that's real. Like, 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 but my wife, pr 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 just prime example. So over this past few weeks, my wife is in my inner circle, and over this, this past year, I've gained a couple LBs, a couple pounds, you understand what I'm saying? And I had this outfit put together, and, and I mean, this outfit, I mean, I think it looks great, you know what I'm saying? I came up here, I was like, this is going to be the... And so my wife came up to me today as I was leaning, I was like, how do I look? And she said, uh, the shirt's just a little tight around the tongue. And I said, I, that's how she said it. She, I was like, girl, please, this shirt ain't that tight around my tongue. But it was. And so she said, she said, come here. And I said, what? She said, I'm going to cut a slit up the side so that it doesn't pull. You see, I'm good now, huh? I'm good. But I want you to see the power of this. That in my vulnerability, my inner circle just saved me from an hour of embarrassment. And I let her into my life enough to be able to see things that nobody would see unless I showed you. That's a practical example. But in, in your life, who are the people that can say, come here, your attitude's bad. Come here. We got to cut. We got to cut. We, we got to leave room. You're too busy. And so you're, you're stressed out and that's when you fall into sin. And, and, and how do I know? Because I've been your friend for four years. I've watched these cycles and I'm not going to stand by anymore and just let it happen. Like, who are those people that y'all would have never known that? But my inner circle does. Like when I take my when I take my shirt off in my, uh, my office, my brother Aaron, who's in my inner circle, he sees everything. He knows when I mess up. He sees when I come off this platform and it's just like, that didn't make no sense. They didn't get anything out of that. He, he see, because if you don't have godly community, you cannot complete your purpose. And, and, and so, I, so this is my thing. If Jesus needed godly community, what's your excuse? Well, I'm busy. 
He had to save the whole world. Come on. Well, I just don't like people like that. Maybe that's why you really do need godly community because you had bad examples of what relationship really looked like and it's a dysfunction in your heart and you need godly community. And some of you are like, well, I got community. I didn't say community. I said godly community. People who are not perfect, but whose direction is set towards Jesus. Because if you don't have those people, then we're only we're moved by our, our emotions and what we feel today and what we don't feel and the vibe is wrong. Forget a vibe. Be, because the vibe can be wrong at any time. Jesus is the only thing that's the same. His, his joy will be made perfect in our weakness. His strength will be made perfect in our weakness. He will be the one that lifts us. We need people who are set on the thing that we are set on. And so my question is, Jesus had all of this. My question is, where are you? And I'm not talking ethereal. Can you name your godly community? No, no, no. I mean, Susie, I mean, yeah, Susie, she, Susie, when, if your last time talking to Susie was seven months ago, she's not your godly community. Well, I mean, my sister, like my sister, you're still lying to her though. You never told her what really happened. So, so you can't have godly community with lies. Some of y'all are so fake with your best friends. Come on, let's be honest. Like, they're my bestie, but you have not told them what really happened and what's really going on. And that you keep them that close because you're really jealous of them. And so you get to see things before them so you can try to compare yourself and outdo them. Come on, let's be honest. All I'm saying is it may be time to reevaluate our community. And, and this, is, this is the only reason I say that is because this is God's plan for us. This, this is God's plan for expansion in your life, and it's God's plan for the church. I'm going to take you right now to um, Ecclesiastes 4.9, and you know this, but I want you to see this. Ecclesiastes 4.9, and it's so strong because it says two people are better than one period. Like that's the whole sentence. And it says then for they can help each other. What's that last word? Succeed. What I'm telling you is your success is wrapped up in this missing link right here. You need godly community. And I know you're quiet and you're shy and all these other excuses and lies that the enemy has, has tried to convince you of. So you don't reach purpose. But today we have to divorce that because the Bible says two are better than one. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help them. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I heard somebody say there's no I in team, but there is an I in isolation. And that's where the enemy would like to keep every one of you. Yeah, you pray. Yeah, you worship. Yeah, you. But you're alone. And if you're alone, according to the Bible, you're in real trouble. Nobody even knows what you're struggling with. They don't know how to pray for you. They, they don't know. And, and they, can't, they can't force their way in. You have to let them in. That's why this whole Christian walk is about, uh, about being courteous. That's why Jesus doesn't pry his way into our life. You have to invite him into your life. And we need godly community. Verse 11, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can you be warm alone? A person standing alone, look at this, can be attacked and defeated. That's why pornography has been able to wear some of y'all out because nobody even knows you're fighting it. 
And so you go and you, you fight alone. That's why your marriages are falling apart in some ways, because you don't have any other couples that can speak life into your marriage. That's why many of us are dealing with comparison because we're always so perfect and nobody even knows we're struggling. It says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back. Get that picture in your head. They can stand back to back and they can, they can fight. Brother Scott, come here real fast. I want you to realize this image and this picture right now. If I'm alone, the enemy can get me because I can't see something. But if I have somebody that's back to back with me, and stronger than me and bald head and fight and has a police uh, training. When the enemy comes, he's got this side and I've got this side. And if he comes and we got to start turning, I'm not blind to what is happening because I got somebody that's got my back. I need you to hear me say this. There are people that God is trying to assign to your life that you can stand back to back with. But see, what we want to do is stand face to face with people. I want to just tell you about all my problems. I want to tell you this and tell you all of that. And God's saying, that's not what you need to do. You need to stop talking so much and get back to back and say, do you got me? Yes, sir. Okay. And I got you. So it's not about us seeing eye to eye on everything. Uh Oh, you missed it. Hey, that was good. That was good. That was good. All right. I'm going to run back. I'm going to run back. I'm going to run back. It's not about us seeing eye to eye. Well, this is what I feel about this. This is what I feel about. It's us seeing what each other doesn't see. It's about realizing that my blind spots are things that you can see clearly. So, so what's coming on that side? Am I dealing in pride? Am I dealing in anger? Has my attitude changed? Am I becoming money hungry? I need somebody that can see what I don't see. Does everybody understand that? Somebody say, I need an inner circle. See, see, church, as I end today, I want you to realize one thing, that, that we're not, we're not going to be a church that just preaches the, the message of Jesus. We're going to be a church that follows the method of Jesus. See, a lot of people preach the message, but do what they want. B but God gave us a clear instruction for godly community. This is my last scripture in Acts 2.42. It, it literally is titled in my Bible, the believers from a community, like doing godly community. And it said all of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Those are four things. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles, look at the atmosphere that miracles were performed in. The apostles performed many miracle signs and wonders. And all of the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, like we're doing today. They worshiped together in large group settings, but then they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All of the while they were praising and enjoying the goodwill of every person. They weren't in competition. They were completing each other in purpose. And each day, look at the result of them doing this. Each day, the Lord, not their publicity, not their networking, not all that. The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved every single day. We would have to do less evangelism if we would do community. Oh, y'all didn't like that. If you wouldn't have to tell people about Jesus because they would see how your life is and the people you do stuff, and they're going to ask, what must I do?
to be saved. The Lord added to them every day. So this, this is what I want you to know. There are five elements to, to what grew the church and what grew people. They worshiped together. They chilled together. They prayed together. They transformed together and they multiplied. Period. I want everybody to, to, to get this. As a church, I'm here to set the culture straight. As Transformation Church, if you're going to be a part of this church, I'm telling you, my preaching is good, but small groups and community is way better because this is where you get touched. Guys, our church is getting better, bigger. Everybody's not going to get to touch Pastor Mike, and I ain't got nothing for you. I'm just going to point you to Jesus, but, but healing happens in community. A lot of people want to come up to the altar and get prayer from me. Sorry, boo. I'm not the healer. I only can point you to the healer, and God gives us direction. He tells us in James, he says, if you need to be healed, confess your sins one to another and ask each other for healing. Ask each other for prayer, and you'll be healed. See, the church has gotten it backwards. It, it's been glory to the man. Let the man of God touch you. No, tell your friend, pray together. Healing comes. Like, I want you to realize this is not, I'm just up here using my gift, submitted to my calling, trying to reach my purpose, but I can't heal you from your emotional wounds and all that. But being in a small group and, and telling those people and walking with those people and daily asking them to pray for you and healing, God says, that's where healing comes. Your marriage is broken. Get around some other married, broken people and y'all keep pointing to Jesus and pray together. And he said, healing will come. Yeah. I, I just want you to see as a church, this is what we're going to do. We're going to worship together in, in large temple courts. That's what we're doing right now. But then we're going to meet and chill together from house to house. Th th that's what we're even pushing today and, and offering to you today. I know it may be difficult for you to find godly community. This is the main thing that our church does is that we do large group worship and then we do house to house and we call it belong groups because everybody needs a place where they belong. Y'all, this church is only going to get bigger. Thousands of people are going to be coming to this church, but why do I go to a big church? It's not a big church when you're in a small group. Like, like who knows your name? Who can you start developing relationship? I know it's going to take time for some of us to open everything up to everybody, but God wants you to have godly community. And listen, that means you may have to divorce some of the friends that you've had. I'll talk about the roller coaster of a relationship next week, but you may have to divorce some of those relationships because you can't stay in a relationship because of time served. Oh, y'all know, like, we've been down since second grade. We learn how to spell together. <laughs> we'll spell bye-bye. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because this is, this is no longer, because it's not taking me towards purpose. And so we have to get into that. And, and, and so, so what I'm saying is this is Jesus' plan and his method. So, so it's our method too. And this is what I really want everybody to know. Because I know you're saying, well, Pastor Mike, that's not really what I want to do because that's not, that's not how I do it. This is, this really, I really want it to be all about me. Like my comfort, me being, me being in control of the relationships, me knowing. And God said, my plan was never for it to be about you. It was never to be me focused. It's time. Remember the kingdom of God turns everything upside down. As a church, we're not going to be me focused. We're going to be we focus. And, and from now on, 
as a church, if you're going through anything alone, it's because you've decided to reject godly community. Well, nobody's here for me. Pastor Mike wouldn't answer my phone call. I'm not going to answer your phone call. I'm not. Because my primary responsibility is to lead the leaders and feed the sheep. And, 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 and above all of that, it's to Natalie, Ava, Bella, and MJ. I have to be the pastor of that home before I pastor anybody else. And listen, I'm figuring that out right now in my inner circle. Last night till midnight, we, we up talking about my schedule with people who are in my inner, people who don't have to, to call me to come over. People who have garage openers to my house. See, who has access? Like, like can say, I'm coming in. Oh, I wasn't expecting you. It's okay, I'm here. And we need to talk about this. Because this is an issue. And, and you were acting like it wasn't. But it is. Well, it is an issue. I was just mad at y'all. And I just didn't think that this was going to work out. So I was going to act like it didn't exist. Well, let's talk about it. This is how I feel. This is how you feel. And now we got to get this thing together and let's pray about this and let's move forward in this. And literally, I'm telling you from last night to this morning, as I stand here and preach to you, I am better because I have godly community. If you don't have that, you are missing out on the circle of purpose that God is trying to give you. There is a missing link that today God wants you to begin to fulfill. I want to pray for every person that, that this concept, you wouldn't just brush off because some of you are going to be three months from now. I'm like, why is everything not working? Because you can't complete purpose. Remember, you can, you can have all of these other things, everything else, relationship with God, your giftings, your calling, but without godly community, doesn't complete the circle. True life change happens in small groups. I'm challenging every person today. Get in a small group. Oh, I'm busy. I bet you are. But you may be busy with things that aren't pushing you towards purpose. And this can be another year of cycles, or you can try something different and break these cycles. Well, I have a huge company. You still need community. Well, I, I've been hurt in community before. God is a God of second chances. Well, I just don't know if I'll be heard. I promise you, if one group doesn't work, another one will. But I'm just asking us not to just listen to the message of Jesus. Why don't we participate in the method of Jesus? Even those watching online, you, you may need to find a godly community within the internet um, circle or go to a local church wherever you are and tell them, I need community. You need to be in community with other people. I'm going to pray for every person in this room. Father, I thank you that today we heard your word. God, if Adam needed an inner circle and David needed an inner circle and even Jesus, our example needed an inner circle. Father, we, we believe we need one. Now help us find them. Lead us and guide us. Your word says that you delight in the details of our life. And so God, I'm thanking you for every person who's having a hard time with this, Father, that you would open their hearts and you would allow them to take the next step. Father, let this church be known for godly community. Let us do life together. Let us meet in temple courts and worship you, but then meet from house to house and share. Father God, let us be able to pray together and chill together and walk together and, and suffer together, Father God, and see victory together, Father God, and transform together and see more people come to you together. We trust you, we believe you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we agree. agree. Amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. 
you can give through our TC app or our website at transformchurch.us give. And don't forget to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and live a transformed life.